0: You can have all this work, just give me Jesus. When I
1: It's interesting how quickly you realize you take a lot of things for granted. Uh, And I and I share almost every week because it is my current reality. I took walking for granted, (laughs) right? (laughs) Many of you have probably been there too. Um, But also along the way, over the last couple of years, I've hardly touched that thing at all. My guitar. Um, every once in a while, somebody says, why don't you do something? And then I pick it up, and I realized I took that for granted. Because <laughs> if you don't practice for a while, you get a little rusty. And right now, I only just played one song, and I've probably been through that song nine or ten times in the last few days, and my fingers are really telling me about it, right? All these things we take for granted. Um, and, and one thing I want to uh, remind us along the way is we should never, never take our faith for granted. Um, over the next few weeks, I told you last Sunday, we will get into some new Bible books. But it seems like every fall, I, I always end up coming back here, not necessarily every fall, but many fall, um, to something where we start talking about church, and how we belong, and the ways we belong, how we belong together. But I want us to start out and be reminded to whom we belong, and that is Jesus. And today we're going to look at some things, some principles about uh, membership in the body of Christ, church membership even at that, and we'll spend the next few weeks looking at that. I'm not diving deep. Any of these things today these are things hopefully that are reminders for us if you're in here this morning if you're tuning in online of what the body of Christ is supposed to be and whose the body of Christ is supposed to be Um, there are a couple of resources I, I would encourage you to look at and I actually have this one i've got five or six copies available that you can borrow if you can't see this far and i understand because sometimes i have to hold it that close this is a little book it's uh, you can see it's very very small it's called i am a church member it was published several years ago i think in 2012 by tom rayner who at that time was president of lifeway christian resources which is our uh, publishing arm in the southern baptist convention and um he wrote it, and it's, it's very simple, not very uh, in-depth on a lot of things, but it reminds us of some commitments that are, are good to hold as a member of a church, as a part of the body of Christ. So I've got several copies of that. They happen to be in my dining room right now because I didn't carry them over this morning, uh, but I have them. And uh, if you're interested, I'll even let you take this one if you want to look at but another book, uh, one of the guys I listen to, and I've mentioned this before many times. Uh, if, if I listen to any preacher, it's this guy. It's Alistair Begg. He has a ministry called Truth for Life. Um, I actually started uh, being what they call a truth partner, somebody who contributes monthly to that, because I listen to him all the time. I'm like, okay, I'll do it, finally. But when I joined, they sent me a couple of books. And one of them is this one. It's called Devoted to God's Church, and it's, uh, it's by Sinclair Ferguson. And I'm actually still working through it. I've read through chapter three. There are several commitments along the way that he talks about, um, as a, as a member of the body of Christ, as a church member. And there's some, you know, a lot, lot of different things that uh, that are that are really good. And I'll I'll refer back to this one a little bit here in a moment. But um, it's it's interesting. And one of the the things he he touches on at the very beginning is how personally we end up taking things like church membership, which is is a good thing. But what we have when we talk about being a church member is a covenant together. And our church has a covenant. It's rather lengthy, and, and it'll probably be in your bulletin here in the next few weeks. But it talks about the things we commit to do together in fellowship as an arm of the body of Christ. And... There are a lot of things it talks about doing. It talks about sharing our faith. It talks about giving. It talks about being a part of uh, our fellowship together in Bible studies. All, all these different kinds of things that are a part of it. And, and they're important. Why? Because we are bound together by the body of Christ, as the body of Christ. And we're going to look at a couple of those things today in the message. And I, like I said, I'm going to refer back to this one here in a moment just because of an illustration he shared along the way. Um, And the verses we're going to start out with today, I forgot to put on the screen. So get your Bibles out, even if you're home. Get your Bibles out. Turn your Bibles on. Get your phone out, however you do that. Uh, But I encourage you to have a paper copy. Turn to Matthew chapter 16. And if you've been in church at all, you've probably heard these and this is the establishing of uh, our confession of who we believe Christ is. And this is the foundation of who we are as Christians. If anything, we are this. And so, Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is in, com- uh, in conversation. He's in the city of Caesarea Philippi. We talked about that. I talked to somebody who's watching online about this this week as well. Um, they are at an overlook looking over a place, uh, a geographical feature that is literally called the Gates of Hell. And it's a, it's a kind of an area in that, in that city where they, they kind of pictured this as the entry level, entry into Hades. And was it? No. But the Romans were very superstitious. And so when we have this picture, uh, that there kind of draws a, um, a greater understanding of how Jesus was speaking to the people at that moment. So Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. 20? Yeah, 13 through 20. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he said to his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am. Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Eventually, that order changed. Right? So, let's pray. Lord, you are the Christ. You are the anointed one. You are the wrath bearing sacrifice for our sin. You are our Lord. You are the head of the body. The church. And I pray that we will be reminded of your, your faithfulness and your goodness to us, and that um, your confession is that our confession is that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's a lot in that line of verses. Correct? There's a lot there. Um, and as I said, the setting is that they are in Gentile territory, and they see this place called the gates of hell. And Jesus says, even that cannot hold the kingdom back. And I think a lot of times we, we interpret that in our minds as um, more of a, a, a picture of protection. But really what God has called us to be is an advancing army. To, to go into the world and take on the powers and principalities of the air and, and to, to realize that we are His children and we are called to live the faith, to fight the good fight, as Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4. And so when we come to this place, we, we find that um, the disciples are learning. They're learning who Jesus is. And C- Peter Remember, he's, he's good and bold right here, right? We talked talk about this in Mark, actually, uh, just in the last couple of weeks, where he declares his belief that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is the Son of the living God. And within a few moments, he bites the dust, and, and Jesus calls him Satan. <laughs> you know, Peter, oh, come on. But doesn't change the truth of his word, of what he confessed here, Jesus answers him, says, Blessed for flesh, blessed are you, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Remember that as the part of the body of Christ, you are adopted into his family. And some people take offense to that because of this perception that they have of whether or not adoption is a good or a bad thing. I contend with you, verse, in, in, in the book of Romans especially, and we're going to look at Romans, but we're not going to dive into that passage, that adoption is a very important doctrine of the New Testament because that is the only way that you and I come to a place of belonging to Christ is that he adopts us by faith. He, he is, takes ownership to, of us. And I don't know how many of you know the whole adoption process. Some of you might have been involved in that. It's very hard to overturn an an adoption, if not impossible, because the parent has taken possession of that child as their own, and the law upholds that and says, no, you you did this. You chose that. Now, there are different societies in history where that is uh, stronger or weaker, but in Roman times, it was pretty well a permanent situation. So God calls us, to this place of faith to trust in Him. And so today, what we're going to look at is the body of Christ. And they, there are three different ways to look that, that you can look. There's probably more than that, but I'm going to look at three different ways today of looking at being a part of the body of Christ. Today, we're, uh, the, there are going to be two correct ones and one incorrect one. And the incorrect one, and I'm just going to spill the beans right off the top, is that we would think church membership as to be something like being a part of a club. And that's actually where I draw out uh, this book called Devoted to God's Church. One of the things Sinclair Ferguson reminds the reader of in chapter 1 is that many times clubs like Kiwanis or Rotary or, or whatever have far more stringent requirements to be a member than a church does. Just here, in this, he has an appendix to, to chapter one, and it's an example of the Rotary Club. And one, two, three, four, three and a half pages. And it talks about attendance, and if you don't attend, you have to spend some time making up those things, and, and all those things is a part of it. And, and if you look at our church bylaws, we, have the, we do have a dis, distinguishing principle of active membership. If Basically, if you haven't been to church in six months, not active. Doesn't take a lot to get back active with that, just a couple of weeks in attendance. We don't necessarily put it as a part of your giving records, but the the Rotary does. If you don't pay your dues in that club, what happens? You're not a part of it. You've got to reestablish that part. Now, as a part of the body of Christ, and we're going to come to this in a moment. It's more like a family than a club, but many of us treat it as that club. We pay our dues, we are attending, and we come, and, 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 and Rainer deals with this quite a bit, and I am a church member, when he starts talking about the principles of expecting something because we have given something. So in a country club, if you join a country club, you pay your dues, and you have certain benefits. You have people waiting and serving on you. Is serving you. You, you can go swim in the pool anytime you want to. Maybe there's a golf course, and if you're pu- capable of playing that impossible sport, you can go do that. I am not capable of playing that sport, nor am I a member of a country club, but that's beside the point. But you, know, you have all these expectations because you have paid your dues and you come with this uh, requirement and, and you see all these things that are ways that you are served because you are a member of that club. Now, unfortunately, many people, I'm not saying everybody, I'm not even saying necessarily people in this room or watching online or whatever, but many people treat the church the same way. That they come and they pay their dues, and you're expected to be served then by the membership. Now, is there any problem with expecting some, some love from your family? No, we're going to come back to that in a minute. However, when we come to be a part of the body of Christ, it's, it's more, it, 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 does, it, it is not a club. It's a club it is an expectation that we would come and to, to serve our king together. So when we give, it's with the expectation that it would proclaim the gospel through that. And as Southern Baptists, we give toward, forward to the cooperative program with the expectation that our state convention will use that to, to God's glory, and then it goes forward to our national convention. And, 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 all of these, um, and all of these things are a part of fulfilling what we see at the end of Matthew in the proclamation of the gospel. And proclaiming the Great Commission. But at the same time, we end up often t- treating that missionary endeavor that same way. That we gave our money to Annie Armstrong or we gave our money to Lottie Moon and now the missionaries are doing the job of proclaiming the gospel. We don't have to. And you want to know why the churches in in our nation and around the world will die on the vine? is because they pay their dues and expect somebody else to do the job that all of us are called to. But paying, er, giving is not about paying dues. It's about being reminded of God's faithfulness and that He has given us all of this, and we give back a significant portion. Ten percent a good chunk. I don't know if you ever noticed, but if you start talking about tithing, that's a good chunk we give back a significant portion as a matter of faith to realize that God will continue to provide for those needs and we give it to his kingdom that we would be proclaiming the gospel together. And it goes forward from there. And of course, as, as a church, we end up budgeting and we end up all these different kinds of things to help us make sure that we are accountable to one another in covenant for using the resources that we have put together as the church that he would be blessed. But it's not a sense of, and, and not that you shouldn't expect something from me if you call me and ask for some help. I can do my best to help you out. But it, that's not the expectation that we find in, scriptures, in Scripture for being a part of the body of Christ. The church is not a club. And when we make it a club, we basically kill the mission. Because then we want to be served instead of realizing what God has called us to do. The Great Commission calls us into the nations. Okay? So, that's the bad one. Club doesn't work. But there are two, and there are familiar passages that I want to dwell on a little bit more today to be reminded that God calls us together to be a body and to be a family. And that's where we get the title of today's verses. And these verses will actually be on the screen. Uh, I encourage you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm sorry, not 2 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 20. Now, this illustration that Paul um, draws in this passage really has affected me the last couple of months. Because it talks about, he talks about the, the body of Christ in parallel to the physical body. And if one part hurts, all the parts hurt, okay? And, again, I keep, I mean, when, when you have something this beautiful that you can share as an illustration, I mean, why not? But let's look at uh, verses 12 through 20 in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? Where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Look at that last couple of verses here. Uh Verse 18, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Now, over the last six, seven weeks, how long has it been? Three years since I broke my ankle. Um, It's been a long time, right? No, it's only been about seven weeks. I can tell you that the rest of my body is different because of this problem. I've got these two calluses right here, right there. And right there, it's worse on my right hand than it is on my left hand. We talked about, I talked about playing the guitar, and I have no galluses on my fingertip right now, right? But a, a couple of weeks after I'd been on crutches and dealing with some other things, I'm like, what is wrong with my hands? What is going on? And I've got this weird callus on both spots. And it just shows me that's where my hands sit when I'm using a mobility aid, whether it's this wonderful critter that I've got to keep my feet out of the way of, or the crutches or a walker or whatever, is start getting some blisters, okay? I can also tell you, and I've talked with you even this morning uh, before we got up here, I wear out fast. You know, what, as before, I could go probably 8, nine, ten hours, not even really think about it. You give me two or three hours when I've just been sitting up like this, you know what I want to do? I'll go take a nap. And, I, and I've heard from all the medical professionals, that's okay. And many of you in here have said, I'm surprised you're doing what you're doing. I was like, I'm just sitting here. You know, I can still preach and talk. You guys know I can talk, all right? No problem with that. But if there's one piece of the body that is hurting, the entire body is affected. And I think we could even take that picture today, as many in our church aren't feeling well. We can say that we are realize some of the people that are missing today and the, fulfill, the, the fulfillment of their role. Now, one of the great things is, is that we have many people who are skilled and, a, and able to do a lot of different things. And that's what I think one of the things we learn when we go through trials like this. I was talking with Allison about it the other day and, and Jamie I've talked with about it just because they've been around and, and doing, uh, doing different jobs. I, I like doing a lot of the things I do all the time. But one of the things I couldn't do this year, and you'll be thankful I let somebody else do this, is I, I couldn't deal with stuff on the roof. For some reason, it wasn't wise for me to climb up there. Right? I mean, when it's a 30-degree angle and you only have one good foot, I have one rule. Right? What's my one rule? Don't be dumb. Okay? Okay? That's my rule number one. Don't be dumb. Okay? So when we climb a ladder, you gotta be ready for it. I knew I wasn't ready for it. So other people have handled those things. There are other people who know how to do a lot of the things I just kind of take for granted, honestly, and just like, all right, somebody's gotta go do those kinds of things. I don't mind doing those things, but I can't do them. Can't mow the lawn, I can't do all these other things. Have a lot, had a lot of help doing those things this year this year. And I'm and I'm very thankful for that. So One of the things we realize, when when one part of the body is weak, other parts of the body gain strength. Now, for me, physically, it's been my left leg. Because right now, I I, I can do a deep squat on one leg. And I'm a big guy. And that's a lot of strength for one leg. Now, What's going to happen in a week and a half when they say you can put your shoe back on? I don't think I'm doing a deep squat on this leg, right? We have to rebuild that strength. But because of the, the suffering on one side, the other side has gained strength. But that might help me down the road. One of the things I was talking about with Nate Templin, our associational missionary, we, um, he, he hurt his ankle sometime when he was in high school when he actually had athletic ability as opposed to me when I've never had athletic ability. But... You know, he said his vertical, like, you know, went up like four or five inches when he, could, when he came off his injured ankle because his left leg was so much stronger, right? He gained strength there and, and, and was able to use that together. So I'm kind of counting on that. Maybe I'll be able to jump. I'm not going to be able to jump. I'm not going to try that, especially on day one. You know, not a smart idea. But if one part of the body suffers, all of it suffers. we must be about strengthening all the parts because we are fallen humans. We need to be learning God's Word and, and, and diving into it and being a part of studying. And, and this fellowship together matters because if one part hurts, another part can help pick up the slack. Okay? And we've seen a lot of that over the last couple of years. Just because people have been suffering. We've lost some people sometimes. And, and when, when, when you see the body of Christ working together, it's a beautiful thing. It's a picture of God's grace at work. Because we all belong to one another. We are connected as a physical body might be. There are many of you who I, I would say as we draw this illustration out, who have that sense of sight And you see a need, and you can bring it back and say, we need to deal with something like this because I saw this happening, where you've got somebody else that may not even notice that. It's like when you're driving down the street, and you drive past all these different things, and you don't slow down long enough to look at what's going on because you have something else happening. So that person, though, may have the skills to help this need or this person might have had just the gift to see the need, and those two parts can work together to fulfill it. That's why the body of Christ matters. We exist together as his body to grow his kingdom. Now, in the New Testament, we have two major, eh, we have more than that, four or five major spots. Two of the major spots where Paul talks about spiritual gifts are First Corinthians chapter 12 and 14, and you have Romans chapter 12. Um, you also have Ephesians chapter 4. You have uh, he t- uh, Peter talks about it in First Peter. You have different places where they're mentioned. But the, Paul really dwells on it heavily in these two passages in 1 Corinthians and then in Romans. We're going to go back to Romans 12 here in a moment. But in the midst of all of it, both places talk about similar things. You have an extended uh, passage describing Christ's love. Because when we live as the body of Christ, He calls us together and serve us together in love. And it's not a physical love. It's not an emotional love. It's a sacrificial love. If you look at chapter 13 in 1 Corinthians, and I'm not going to dive into it right now, but the word that is used there is agape. And agape is the the love that is always described as the love of Christ. It is the sacrificial love. And we use it in the pictures of a wedding, and we use it in different uh, illustrations and opportunities we get like that. Um, A lot of people just pull it out and say, this is what love is about. But what love is proved by is our behavior. Love is patience love is kind it does not envy it does not boast you get where i'm going from here there are certain things that, that the love of christ compels us to do in how we live our lives how we behave in this world so 1 corinthians chapter 12 really deals with the body in that like the the bo- picture of the church as the body of christ where i want to go now romans chapter 12 we see the, uh the church described more in family terms you remember that old song that we used to sing and you know wait lean back and part back and forth I'm so glad I'm apart okay I'll stop all right of the family of God. all right Romans chapter 12 and I want to read I don't remember what I put up first uh, but uh verses uh we'll read verses 1 through 10 I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, that what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. All right, before I get right in here, that is the fulfillment of Christ's adoption. If you read Romans 11, that's what Paul's talking about, okay? The way we are transformed is through our lives together. We present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Remember in in, in other parts where Paul says, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Right? I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live by... Uh, live in the body, but I live by faith in the Son of God. Romans chapter. I'm sorry, Galatians chapter two. We'll get to that because that's one of the places we're going next. But we see that the body of Christ is brought together, and we are, as it would be described, as a refining fire. Hebrews chapters twelve and thirteen. That we hold each other together and help us and help each other grow in our faith. This is why church attendance matters because as we gather, we help each other hold together and hold to Christ. And if you get out of the habit, it's easy to stay out of the habit of it. All right, here we go. Here's where the family comes right there in verse, uh, verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, The one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So we see that we're called together as his body by the renewing of our minds, we grow together, and then we serve one another, okay? where he draws the picture of the eye and the leg and the foot and the hand. And in First Corinthians chapter 12, in Romans, he talks about our behavior to one another and how we relate in a family. And I can tell you, and even in my family, over the last seven weeks, my life has, our family life has been very different. We have been fulfilling very different roles for one another than we were previous to when I bit the dust on September 13th. Why? Because dad needs help. And so there are ways to serve and help one another. And we can apply 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you have eyes, look and see what needs to happen. Sometimes I get a little bit testy. If I have to go across the room and it's covered in trash. Seems legit. You're on a walker, you're on crutches, and you slide. And Hey, let's go for a ride. You know, you've got to behave a little differently when someone is suffering within that midst. We all have different jobs that we have to do. We need to look and see how we can fulfill things as the body of Christ. We are individually members of it. For as one body, verse 4, we have many members. The members do not all have the same function. You will see things, especially right now in my world. My world lives very much on this lot and on the, at the house next door. I can't get out into the world like I usually do. But I can help you if you're out there to try to apply, get, get some things to help out, to maybe teach you God's Word and tell other people what's going on. Or maybe we can provide some kind of physical resource to help other people. Or maybe we can all gather on a Sunday afternoon and give candy away to kids who, if for some reason, on th- October 31st expect, you know, 95 Reese's posted on their door. I mean, theses. Oh, now I'm mixing things up again. No, it's a, it's Reformation Day, right? You know, Zach had posted this thing in a group message we're in. Uh, October 31st was the day that Martin Luther in 1517 posted his 95 theses on the church in Wittenberg, right? Well, there's this Halloween joke that it's the 95 Reese's and it's... Reese's peanut butter cups with a pump. Anyway, sorry. I thought it was funny. It's all right. About five people did at least. But, you know, we, we gather as the church to, to serve together. To gather, together. Those things, actually, the kind of a conjunction of one, those two words. We can help one another in that time of need. So as the body of Christ... We're not just called to come and pay our dues to the club and be served. We are called to give of everything that we are, because it's all His. That's one of the reasons I sang that song at the very beginning. Give me Jesus. Because when we come to that moment where we take our final breath, what else do we have? We have His love and he will call us to account you look in other places of scripture of what we have done with it and how we have lived out our love within the body of Christ and this picture as the body of Christ is a witness to the world he says he will uh, in john uh, in the gospel of john they will know us by or they will know him by our love for one another now i don't know about you but my family Locally, my family extended, we're not perfect. We've got some warts. We've got some issues. We get frustrated with each other. But guess what? I still love them. They're still my family. So when we start looking at the body of Christ, when we start looking as our church, let us realize that he has called us together as a family to glorify him. And that means we are proactive in trying to help in the needs that are around us. And if somebody says I don't need help right now, I would just say trust them. They don't need that help. But they also may be lying. <laughs> Sinners lying? Go figure. Find ways to serve the body of Christ. And we're going to talk about that more through the coming weeks, uh, the, the commitments that we have uh, as the body of Christ together. Realize of all the diff- there's nothing wrong, like I said, with the rotary the membership that he, he shows us in, in this text that I, I mentioned earlier. There's nothing wrong with being a member of a club. Those are good service organizations. Those those do good things for the community. You find friendship and fellowship in those things. But they're not the body of Christ. The body of Christ is a family. We are interwoven and purchased by Christ's blood. So how today can your perspective shift in what you experience as his child? Are you, first of all, a part of the family of God? And how do you live your life in response to that? Let's pray. Lord, you are faithful to us, and I am so thankful for that. Because I know for me, I would have nothing if you were not faithful. I pray for our church family here as so many are suffering in some way whether they're here, whether they're watching whatever and I pray that we would be family that we would in all things love you and show the world your love by our love for one another it's easy to get angry and frustrated so easy to get discouraged. I pray for your grace as we get the opportunity to serve you. As as one member might suffer, let us find ways to help and serve in it, one another. In that, I thank you, Father, for the fellowship we have together as your church. I thank you for the sweet spirit that you give us. I pray that as we get the opportunity to serve you today, that we can share that love with our community. And that you are blessed in that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Stand together. Altars open to come and pray. If you need to join a church, I think most of us in here are there, but walk in obedience to Him. And we're going to worship the Lord. That's what we're called to do together. Let's stand and. Uh,